Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of The Finance Bro, where we have real conversations with real people about money. So the conversation that I want to lead today is really around the concept of, you know, I see a lot of people that like to blame the system and others for their shortcomings. And we've never really take the time to see how our own actions made us fall short. And, you know, I spoke about this a lot, you know, about things in my book. Um, and I have this conversation a lot with people as well. And, you know, it kind of falls into the lines of accountability. But, you know, one of the things that I try to emphasize with people is the importance of before you look at how to blame others for whatever your current situation is that you may not be happy with, we have to do a better job at, you know, looking internally first and seeing what are what actions we committed that drove us to be in that situation. You know, a lot of us skip that self-reflection piece and just jump straight to blaming others. But, you know, I read something in a, in a book by Gary V and in a section that talks about accountability, it covers just that. And he spoke about how, you know, when you immediately jump to blame others for the situation you're in, you're basically admitting to yourself that you're not in control. So by admitting to yourself that you're in control, now you're basically subjected to the thoughts and actions of other people because you're showing that you can't control the situation. So he talks about how you should really be looking to find a way to figure out how a situation is your fault. Because if you find out how you could have made the situation better and maybe prevented it, now you have something that you can control. So I think it's important for us to find ways to really find how how we as as you know people or you as a person you know, could have affected the situation better so that in the long run, you can find solutions to prevent that from happening. And also now you've given control back to yourself so that you're not waiting for other people to try to fix the situation that you could probably fix yourself. And so before I kind of jump deep into this, I kind of want to start off with a story because I think this story will be a great example of what this looks like, especially in the realm of personal finance, right? So, you know, I get a, a lot of calls from people, um, whether I end up working with them or not, you know, a lot of times they'll call and they'll be experiencing a situation. And one of the things I like to do is if someone calls, like I'm going to talk with you and help you figure out, you know, where the issues with the, with the situation are, is the situation caused by an outside entity that you truly have no control over? Or is it something that you could probably fix or do to make the situation better, right? So with this story, how kind of went is I got a phone call one day um, and, you know, I'm listening to the situation and, you know, they're calling and they're very, you know, emotional and right, which makes sense, right? Because their goal was to buy a home. And the first thing they said to me, which kind of perked my ears up and made me wonder what was really going on is they called me and they were like, hey, uh, the lenders are racist, this market's racist, um, we got declined and, you know, I did the research and I see that we have qualifying credit scores, like there's no reason we shouldn't be able to qualify for a home, um, blase, blase. And so, you know, I said, hey, okay, I personally have not seen a situation where the system was being racist and it prevented someone from being, getting money. However, you know, let's look at your your financial profile let's see how you're actually looking so that 
if everything does look correctly, then I can help you find a, a way forward to hold these people accountable for, you know, kind of subjecting you to unfair practices when it comes to lending money, right? Because even though I haven't seen it, it doesn't make mean that it's not true and it's not happening, right? So there's a lot of programs in place to help prevent that. And those programs are in place because clearly those things happen. So I wanted to, you know, give them a, a fair look and help them figure out, you know, is there something that you guys could be doing to prevent that from happening? And maybe you're just not able to see the full picture because you don't understand how all of these things work, right? So first thing we do is I said, hey, you know, let's look at your credit reports and see how that is. So we pull their credit reports and, you know, their credit scores did qualify for the loans that they would typically try to get, which was cool. But I was like, hey, you know, there's more to it than just the credit score itself, right? You, so let's look. And, you know, as I'm looking through the credit profiles there, I start noticing things. There's mispayments. There's, you know, multiple collections accounts. There's charge-offs. And I'm like, hey, you know, the, even though your credit score qualifies, these things, like especially these collections accounts and charge-offs and mispayments are kind of red flags to a lender, right? Because they're showing that you have irresponsible practices when it comes to paying things that you're supposed to pay. And then the next thing that I identified, I was like, hey, all right, so you got, you have all these revolving accounts. So you have these credit card accounts. Let's see what your debt to income ratio, where like your debt to income ratio is. So, you know, did the math and they actually had you know, a debt to income ratio that was over 90%. And, you know, they still weren't really understanding how those things could affect them qualifying for a home because they had the right credit score. So I posed a question to them. And the question was, hey, if I came to you asking you for money, and you knew that 90% of my income was already going to other debts that I had to repay every month, right? And then because I was asking to borrow money from you, the money that I would need to repay you every month was more than I physically had left over from my own money every month after paying my other expenses. Would you give me the money? And their answer was a very aggressive, unanimous no. And I was like, exactly, right? So that's the same way it works with on the lending side. If you have a high debt to income ratio, that lender has to determine whether or not they think you would be responsible enough or be able to repay or make the payments that are going to be required to go with this loan, right? And right now, because your debt to income ratio is so high, they know that if you jump on hard times, that loan may be, you know, may be, uh, in jeopardy of becoming a default, which is not what they want, right? Because everyone wants their money. So when they're looking at that, that's going to be something that's really big or really important for them when it comes to determining whether or not they want to give you the money. And I then, you know, we jump into another thing I said. So on top of that, you know, are you guys military? They're like, no, so you can't use the VA. I said, do you live in a rural area with less than 30,000 people? No. Okay. So that means you probably won't qualify for the USDA loan. These are two loans where there's zero down payment, which means that you're going to either use a conventional loan or an FHA loan, which both require a down payment, right? So along with the down payment, there's other fees and things associated with buying a home. So you have your down payment. You typically have to put down due diligence. You're going to have, you know, other fees that are, that you have to pay that go into the loan. You know, you have closing costs. 
and all these other things. So I'm like, hey, on top of that, do you guys have a savings? And, you know, they're, they were like, well, yes, we do. I said, well, how much do you have? And, you know, unfortunately, they said they had basically about $100 in savings. And I was like, hey, you realize that you don't even have enough money saved to co cover all these other fees that are associated with it. And a lot of these fees can't just be rolled up into the loan. So you're going to have to have that money there to cover you. And also, you know, lenders like to see that you have a couple months of whatever. So say your mortgage is a thousand dollars, you know, they want to see that you have $3,000, $6,000 saved because then that tells them that if say you lose your job or you lose your income source, where you have the loan, you can still make your payments on your home for an extended amount of time until you're able to find a new source of income. Right. And also that just gives you peace of mind knowing that you have money there so you can cover those things and also <clears throat> be able to have something to cover you in case hard times come like in the sense of COVID-19 where people were losing their jobs and whatnot. So, you know, there's a lot more into it than just a credit score. And that's really what I try to help people understand when it goes into that. But now, even though the, these people, they called me stating that the system was the problem. Once we did some deep diving, we realized that it was their own actions and failures to take action in a certain area to put them in a situation to be denied for the loan. It had nothing to do with the lenders and everything to do with basically what they failed to do. So that's a one-off story, but I have plenty of stories like that where this kind of situation occurs. But I tell this story to, to emphasize to people that, hey, even though things may not seem the way we want, typically we're not getting the answer we want because it's things that we failed to do. So it's extremely important for us to really take the time to look and see what we failed to do and what we can start putting in action to correct those deficiencies so that we can make sure that when we go to a lender or anything in life, whether it's you trying to buy a home or car or whether you're trying to, you know, get in shape, whatever it may be, making sure that you have everything in place and you've done everything that you needed to do to make sure that you can reach the goals that you set for yourself. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, I have noticed that we, we're just, we're just very terrible at looking inward before placing blame outward. And unfortunately, you know, and I was one of these people, I definitely had this problem. It's something that I've worked on a lot the past, you know, uh, especially the last year since I've been out of the military is really fighting back with thinking that we can't be the problem or thinking that I can't be the problem and everyone else is wrong and everything else is wrong. But, you know, through really making that a goal of mine to really take accountability and figure out what I could do better, I've realized a lot that, you know, there were things that I could always be doing to make situations better to do things and that other people weren't always wrong. A lot of times I was actually doing what was wrong, but I was just too blinded by my pride and thinking that it, I had all the answers and I knew how to operate and I knew how to do things that I just did not think that I could be the issue. But now, you know, I understand that that's not the case. And I actually find a lot of joy now. And if something goes wrong, figuring out, hey, what did I do wrong and how could I fix this? And even with, you know, just interpersonal relationships, whether it be, you know, friends, family, whatever, if a situation occurs that I don't like, 
the first thing I do before I try to play brain play or place blame is really figure out, hey, where did I go wrong in this? And then once I take that time to think and figure those things out and approach it, I typically approach the conversation in that manner. Like, hey, this is what I realized I did wrong or could have done better. And the conversation, the conversations now go a lot differently than they used to. When I went and it's like, oh, you did this and this and this. It's like, oh, I typically start the conversation by letting them know what I realized I did wrong. And because I did that, now everyone's defense mechanisms are kind of diffused and put down and everyone's more open to listening and sharing and getting things figured out. So for those of you listening, this is something that I encourage you to practice, you know, before you get upset and blame other people and go at someone's neck about how you feel like they did wrong, take a moment, you know, whether it's a day, you know, a couple hours, don't, don't approach the situation until you've actually, actually taken the time to evaluate what you could have done better or differently to affect the situation to, to, to get a different outcome. Right. So um, I really want people to think like, Hey, even though we think we can't be the problem, a lot of times we can, and we are. So figure out what you did to be the problem and then try to figure out how you can navigate around that to make sure that you don't make that same mistake or put yourself in that same position again. Right. And when it comes to personal finance, you know, there's a lot of people who know their finances are bad, but continue to ignore the problem as if it will go away. And there's a lot of problems with that because especially in the black community, you know, I, a lot of friends, I meet a lot of people and typically just because I'm, I'm a financial coach and I'm in this realm. I like to talk to people about personal finance because I want people to be comfortable having these conversations. And also I've realized that when I do have these conversations with people, it does prompt them to start moving towards taking, you know, a look at their personal finances. Like I have a conversation, there's people who never gave their credit a thought. And next thing you know, they're calling me, asking me, Hey, how do I pull my credit so I can see it? And I don't really understand how this works. Can you explain this to me? And every time I do it because the end state is that I want people to know how this works, how it does. And I want them to take it seriously because if they do it now, there's less pain they have to go through later on. There's a lot of people who ignore their financial situation for years and years and years. And then when it comes time where they want to do something like buy a home, they can't because they've ignored all the issues that were in place for years. And now they're going to have to set that goal back for years to get where they want to be right and so when it comes to kind of ignoring your problems with personal finances I came up with an analogy it's a it's a laundry analogy because I know a lot of people will be able to relate to this right so you know our problems tend to be like a pile of laundry or like let's say your financial problems they tend to be like a financial or they they tend to be like a pile of laundry right so what I mean by that is the pile starts off small and we tell ourselves that we can take care of it later because it's not that much of a problem. It's like I know there's a lot of people listening right now who probably has a small pile of laundry sitting in the house that, you know, it's not that much, it's not big enough to really prompt you to have to attack it now, but, you know, you tell yourself that you're going to get to it eventually, right? And however, over time, the power starts to grow and 
it continues to grow until you can no longer ignore it. Because as you continue to kind of put it to the side, you didn't stop wearing clothes, right? So as those clothes get dirty and you wash them or you don't wash them, right? But let's just say it's, it's clean clothes that you could be folding, right? So you wash these clothes and you just continue to throw them on that pile and throw them on that pile as the weeks go by. And all of a sudden it goes from a little pile that you ignored because you didn't take think it was that important to like now it's this huge pile, which now it has the opposite effect. Now it's overwhelming, right? So now before you were ignoring the pile of laundry because it really didn't seem that serious. And now it's so overwhelming that you're ignoring it because it's too serious, right? So because you now that you've avoided folding the laundry because the taming it seems like more difficult than just leaving it there. Um, and you tend to just aimlessly scrape through the laundry to find what you need, right? And so there's a lot of people with their personal finances who just continue to ignore it and they kind of just dab into things as they need them and then go back to what they were doing because they don't want to face the the reality of how you know how dire the situation is so um i like this analogy because this is exactly how i see people manage their personal finances you know they recognize some small issues that they tell themselves that they can take care of later, but eventually the problem goes from a few missed payments to living the paycheck to paycheck. And then they have charge off accounts and there's repossessions and then there's collections accounts and then their credit score is dropping. And then they, they have zero money. And the next thing you know, they have an overdraft problems and the, they're running up credit cards because they're spending more than they they're managing in their money and they don't have a budget and they don't know how much money's coming in. They don't know how much money's going out they're not keeping track of what they're spending. So they're kind of just swiping and they have no systems in place and it just gets out of hand very quickly. And because it gets so out of hand, they don't want to deal with it. They just like, yo, I just keep going what I'm going. Like it's working for me. If I don't have to think about it, then I won't have to stress about it. And, you know, later on, I'll take a time to figure that out. But the problem is for a lot of people later on never comes and they just continue ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And next thing you know, you know, say you're my age, you know, you're 29 and you keep on ignoring these problems. And the next thing you know, you're 45 and you literally can't do anything for yourself. And the last, I know there's no one on here who wants to be, you know, an adult that age who can't take care of anything for themselves financially. That's a terrible situation to be in. And there's a lot of people who get have other issues that arise become because of that, you know, be it, you know, your mental's jacked up now because, you know that your financial situation is holding you back from doing things and you're tired of renting and you're tired of owning and you know you can't you can't move how you want to you haven't taken a vacation in years because you can't afford it and there's a lot of things that go into that and you know one of the things that i always hear people is their first their first instinct is oh well i just don't make enough money but i'll be honest i've sat down with a lot of people when it comes to personal finance and typically their belief is that they need more money. But after sitting down, it becomes very obvious that they actually do make enough money to live the life that they currently live. The problem is they're not managing that money properly. So a lot of people think that making more money will solve the issues that they're having with their personal finances. However, if you don't know how to manage your money, all making more money is going to do is give you more opportunity to put yourself in worse situations. Now you make larger purchases and then you get larger sums of debt. Like it doesn't work 
the way people are going to think it is when it comes to managing your money. So <clears throat> I think that as a unit, we're extremely terrible at doing what we need to in order to manage our finances properly. And, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, we don't, I wasn't taught about finances as a kid, right? But one of the things that I'm uh, big on is the fact that excuses really don't get us anywhere, right? And, you know, excuses are the tools that are incompetent. I know a lot of, all of us, we know what that means, right? Yeah, I'm not going to spit that out here, but uh, that's really, that, that I, I really, I really like that, that poem or that little saying, because it's true, you know? a lot of us make excuses instead of just taking action. And one of the things that I like to do is really remove excuses from people's vocabulary and practices, because as we continue to make excuses, there's no minimum moving forward. You, you find reasons to talk around the fact that there's an issue that needs to be handled. And so I hear a ton of excuses when it comes to personal finance. I mean, of course, one of the biggest ones is I wasn't taught about finances as a kid, but at the end of the day, we're all adults, right? And we live in the information and the technology era. Like all you gotta do is go to Google and you can typically find the answer of something that you're looking for, right? So even though we may not have been taught in depth about finances as a kid, as an adult, you have the resources in hand to figure out what you need to know, right? But you have to want to know it. You know, I have people that say, hey, they don't have time to maintain a budget. You know, we all have time and we, you know, you always hear people float this phrase around, you know, you make time uh, for what you want to make time for. You make time for what's important to you and making a budget, you should definitely be making time to make a budget because a budget should be extremely important to you. You know, I know, I know people that manage a budget for their company. And if they go a penny over what their budget was for work, they're terrified. They're like, oh, I don't want to lose my job. You know, I'm probably gonna have to, you know, sit down and the boss is going to get on me. I got to do better at managing this. But then you go out, you know, they'll go home and they'll spend their money and do things willy nilly. And, you know, I tell people, it really doesn't make sense to me how someone can manage someone else's money better than they manage their own, right? That money at the end of the day that you're managing at work isn't yours. But how would you be more focused and more in tune with managing the money for your job than you are with the money that's going to be a tool to get you where you need to be. Um, and I, I, that, that one is, is really crazy, but I, we all have time to manage a budget, right? Like, Hey, maybe instead of watching, you know, three hours of Netflix every night, when you get home, an hour of that goes to updating your budget every night, because I tell, one of the things I tell people is you should be updating your budget every day if you're spending money if like today if you listen to this and you spent money before you go to sleep tonight whatever you spent should be getting put in your budget so that you can see hey i know that this month i budgeted you know two hundred dollars for eating out and you know today's june 11th and i'm already at 90 dollars. cool i know that i have xx amount of money you know left for the month to spend on this but now you have a running tab in your mind of where you are with your spending versus what you set for yourself, right? So now you know that, hey, if I'm at $90 and I budgeted $200, I got 110 left to spend. I know that now, next time I spend money, I'm getting closer to that 200. So also 
you're going to start to be more conscious about when you are eating out. Like, hey, I don't have much money left over for the month to eat out. So I'm going to be more strategic about when I'm doing it. I need to go get some more groceries. I need to do this and that so to make sure that I'm staying within the, the guidelines that I've set for myself so that I don't go over my budget. That's all important. And we all have time and you have time. And once you have everything set up and it's flowing, it doesn't take that much time. Once your budget is set up for the month, it takes maybe 10 minutes to go in there and update it to what you're spending for the month. And I think people think that, it, you know, it's more time consuming and more uh, tedious than it is because they haven't done it. And because they're thinking about all the work they're going to have to do leading up to getting, you know, their budget and everything set up properly so that they know where they need to be. And that, that will take time, but it's time that's important because even though it may take you, you know, a few hours or a couple of days to get your financial picture in place and get everything organized and be where you want to be in the long run, it's going to save you a lot of time on the back end. You, you have, Hey, I, because I have this set up, I know that with all my debts I, in the next eight months, if I stick to my plan, I'll be debt free. And now all this money's free so that you can do other things. You can build a savings. You can, you know, start doing all these, you know, maybe you want to take some trips. You can start putting some money into a short-term savings to maybe start funding your trips. You can put some money into a long-term savings so that you can put a down payment on a home and, you know, have the closing costs paid. And also, so you don't have to, after you buy the home, you don't have to max out a credit card. You also figure out, Hey, these are the types of furniture I'd want. I start getting, you start getting prices and averages for everything you're going to want. And also, you know, Hey, I know that all the furniture I'm going to need for the house is going to cost me 10 grand. Now also you have that 10 grand in account for the furniture. So now that you can go and pay for that in cash and you're not having to put yourself in a bad situation that you have to work yourself out of again, you know, all these things allow you to plan ahead so that you don't have to put yourself in a bad situation or try to rush into something that you're not ready for. I'm a huge fan of planning and I love planning, especially when it comes to your money, because you don't need to rush into things like everything takes time. And if you have a plan for it, now, you know, that once you have everything in place, you're not gonna have to worry about anything. You know, um, another thing is, people tell me, oh, I know plenty of people that don't maintain a budget and they're okay. And I tell people be wary of that, right? Because you'll hear someone say that oh, I don't have a budget and I'm good, but they're, you don't know if they're good, right? A lot of people, we see it all the time, especially with what social media, people put on fronts all the time. People are front and pretending they're happy when they're not. They're, you know, people are taking videos in these luxury cars that actually they just rent it for the day you know but they're putting on the perception that they own it and they're doing better than they are and there's a lot of falsehoods that are promoted around the world daily and it's easy to get caught up and start believing those things but i know for a fact that there's a lot of people who don't maintain a budget who aren't as good as you think they are or as good as they say they are so also just because they say they are good. And you know, there could be a person that is good and doesn't maintain a budget, but clearly that's not working for you. So you have to make the conscious decision to say, hey, I know that what I'm doing right now isn't working and there needs to be a change. And then, you know, you get the people that their excuse is, well, money isn't everything. And I agree, like I, I money shouldn't run your life. You shouldn't hold money to this high standard, but however, money is a tool at the end of the day. and just like anything, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the 
most high quality tools that you need to do the work that you need to do, right? And if you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna maintain, if you have a saw, you're not gonna continue to use it and not do the things that you need to do to take care of it, to make sure that it can still safely cut wood when you need it to, right? And so money is your tool. You wanna make sure that you're doing the right things to make sure that you're putting your yourself in a position that when you need that tool to work for you, it can do that. And then of course, you know, you hear things like, oh, well, the system is rigged and it's not meant for us. And, you know, no matter what I do, I'm not going to be where I want to be. And it's like, that's not true. You know, like there's guidelines and things in place and the system isn't rigged, but it does have rules. And if you set yourself up to make sure that you qualify within those rules, you'll be good. Right. And this is more difficult for some people than others. And, you know, I definitely, I never want to come on here and make it seem like, Hey, you know, this is the end all be all. There are some people who don't make enough money. There are some people that could use more to do that. And there's, there's a, there, everyone has their own specific situation. Right. But for the most part, even then, right. If, if you set up a budget and you look at all your bills and all your expenses, it's a lot easier to say, Hey, right now with how I'm living, the money I'm making, I'm still short X amount of dollars to live comfortably. Like I'm, I'm because of the amount of money I'm making, it's forcing me into that. But now, because you realize that now you know that, Hey, I need to do something else to get me in a position to where I don't have to be like this, to where I can maintain my current lifestyle. Right. Um, and I think that's important too, because a lot of people have no visual depiction of where they are right now. And that's another thing that budget allows you to do. If your living expenses are $2,500 a month, but you're only bringing in two grand a month, that's a $500 difference. And that $500 every month is going to add up. But now, because you put everything on paper, you've given yourself the opportunity to see exactly where you stand so that you know what you need to do. Hey, I, maybe you need to get a job that can pay you three grand, right? And what jobs do that? Now you know that you need to start looking for some things. Well, what do these jobs require? These jobs require me to have certain certifications. Okay, now you can put it on your goal sheet and, you know, timeline. I need to knock out these certifications so that I can potentially put myself in a position to get this job that's going to put me in a better position, right? But you can't do that if you don't know where you are. You have to give yourself some type of, of guidelines to be able to go by, which is why going through all of these things is super important, right? And so these are, those are a lot of excuses that I hear, but also there's other things that I see that hold people back when it comes to their personal finance as well, which is also, we're talking, once again, we're talking about things that we do as people to hold ourselves back. And one of the things is just not knowing how to tell people no. Um, and learning to tell no tell people no is extremely important. And it's also very difficult, right? And this is something that I struggle with for the longest. But I also noticed that once I learned to tell people no, it helped me out a lot, right? You know, it was easy to, you know, people always asking to go here, go out there. Hey, we want to go eat here. Hey, we want to take this trip. And it was, what do we typically do? Oh, well, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. So I'm gonna just go, even though you know that it may not be in your best interest to go, you put the feelings of others over yourself. And at the end of the day, it's never a good thing because now you've put yourself in a situation that you didn't know you didn't need to be in because you're trying to save someone else's feelings. Right. And that's, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be when it comes to personal finance. Right. Because 
I, I tell people that typically when you continue to try to appease people with certain things, when you're trying to get your money together, you end up in worse situations. And I don't think I've actually ever seen a situation where someone has put themselves in a bad situation through appeasing others when it comes to, you know, their lifestyle and things. And, you know, now they, they have maybe, maybe they have a debt or, you know, their, their money's messed up. And those people that you don't tell no to typically aren't coming to be like, Hey, I know that you're in a bad situation. Now we didn't know that you, you know, you were struggling with this. Can we help you out financially? Or can we help you come up with a plan to help you get out of this? That typically doesn't happen. Right. So I always tell people, you got to put self first, especially when it comes to getting your money right. So if your goal is to become debt free and you're trying to pay off these debts, you have to tell people, no, hey, I, we want to go do this. Does it match the goal that you have? No. Like, hey, is this if we do this, like, is it going to cost you money? Did you is this money within your budget? Did you plan for this? No. Then be comfortable telling people no. And it doesn't have to just be a rude no. Right. Like, you can, you can tell people no, and also tell them why, like, Hey, I can't do this because right now, based off of this month, I only have this left for my budget. I can't do that. And so now there's two options, you know, they may be like, Hey, we'll cover you. Cool. You can go still have fun and do that. But also, you know, you can just focus on other things. Hey, I'm going to do this instead, or maybe we can find something to where it'd be cheap for us. But I, I want to encourage people to start practicing saying no, if you, if there's something that, you don't want to do and it you're not comfortable with it don't always try to appease other people to save face or save relationships tell them no tell them why and then be be certain in why you're saying it right support yourself and then you know another thing that i see people do and i i've talked about this earlier in the show but we forget you know i see a lot of people that forget to pay bills and they get upset with for instance, the credit card company, when the late payment shows up on their credit report, and it's like, yo, that's a 30 day late, you know, you can't blame the credit card company for reporting your late payment because you paid late, right? Like they're going to report it because they want their money. But also you should have had systems in place to make sure that you didn't forget to pay the bills. You know, when I teach people to set up their budget, one of the things I have them do is put the due date for their bills on the budget as well. So when they're filling it out, they see those dates all the time. And it's like a constant reminder of, hey, these things are due. And I know it's coming up. I need to make sure that's taken care of. I also have them put the due dates for their bills as a monthly reminder in their in their phone, right? So you got um, for me, I have an iPhone. So I put it in my in my um, in my calendar on there and I get reminders. You know, I typically set a reminder for how many days before I have another one for the day before and then another one for the day of to make sure that I'm doing it. And granted, a lot of my stuff is on auto pay, but you know, there's also some things that aren't, but also auto pay isn't the end all be all. Right. So I've had plenty of situations where the system messed up and whatever it was goes and the auto payment didn't get through, but because I had the reminder, it prompted me to go look at whatever that account was and see if it was paid. And because I had the reminder, I saw that, Hey, actually the auto pay didn't go through and I was able to jump on that before it became an issue. Right. And then, you know, another thing that I see people do is they don't feel like taking the time to plan a budget every month is really a valuable use of their time, you know, and that's because they really haven't been told why maintaining a budget is important, because if they understood why it was important, they would know that it's one of the most valuable uses of their time. But that, that 
verbiage has to be portrayed to them in a way that it makes sense, right? And right now, things like this aren't being told to a lot of people, so they don't see the value in it. And until more people start having these conversations so that people can understand why this is important, things like that are going to continue to be an issue. So I hope that, you know, through like conversations on this show and, you know, conversations that I have via social media or, you know, for people who read my book or people who take my budgeting course, they start to realize why this is valuable and it should be a, a good use of your time, right? And it's important to know that, hey, if you're doing this, that's one of the most valuable uses of your time you can have because it's going to take care of things for you to put you in a position later on to where you're going to be good. So I, I, I want people to understand that. And, you know, another thing that I, I see people uh, deal with a lot is they just don't know what their financial goals are in the first place. And that comes from, of course, one, not having a full understanding of where they are in their current financial situation. And they also haven't taken the time to figure out what it was they what it is they want to do, right? Like, not everybody wants to, you know, have a hundred million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars saved and all these things. Maybe they want to be debt free just so they can travel more and not have to worry about, you know, the the trip that they're taking, putting them in debt. And they know that, hey, because I have all these things to take care of, I have a budget, I know that I'm gonna have an extra thousand dollars a month to take a little trip. Or I know that based off of the money I'm saving, every quarter I can take a trip that's gonna be worthwhile and create you know, amazing memories for myself. And because I'm able to save the way I'm going to, I know that every quarter I can have everything planned out and prepaid. And because I'm planning it out, I can pay these things early, which means I'm typically going to pay cheaper prices on flights and for hotels and all these things. And I would having to try to figure it out last minute because I have no systems in place and I'm trying to run up credit cards. Like you can plan for all these things and it'll, it'll really help with all of those things. And then, you know, there's a lot of people and you know a lot of us just in general we think we're special or we think that we're a special case and that we can just you know sweet talk people into doing what we want and when it comes to the world of money that's really not a thing right like you're never going you're not just going to be able to walk into a lender and smile and you know talk nice to them and make them overlook the fact that you have a 90% credit or debt to income ratio this is not going to happen right like no one is really a special case and we have to make sure that we're doing the things that that are that are important to put us in the right position. So, you know, I want to emphasize that none of us are are special, right? And we don't get to just rewrite the rules for ourselves and expect people to bend over and and accept the fact that we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do, but because we're us that it's okay. No, that's not how that works. Like we're not, none of us are, are that special when it comes to that sense. And there's certain things that we have to do just as adults to set a foundation to make sure that we're where we need to be. And, you know, a lot of us don't do our due diligence and research requirements for things that we want to do, right? Like there's a lot of people that want to buy a home and they kind of go into the home buying situation blind, but they didn't do any due diligence and speak to people and do research and see what is going to be required so that, you don't even put yourself in a position to be denied for a home loan, right? Like there's a lot of people that are go thinking that, oh, I'm going to buy a home and I just got to qualify for the loan and everything else is okay. Not understanding that, yo, there's, there's a ton of other fees that you're going to have to be paid for out of your pocket that aren't covered in this home loan, right? And 
there's there's certain things you have to do that you're not privy to right now, which if you, you don't do those things, you're not going to be in a situation to get where you want to be. So it's important for people too to just, yo, if you have a goal and you want to do something, I encourage people, please do the research and ask questions prior to getting there. Because now think about it. You, you apply for a home loan that you can't qualify for. Now what? You have hard inquiries on your credit report for no reason, right? Because there's a difference if you get the inquiry and you qualify for a loan and you're moving forward and everything is good to go. But now along with getting denied for the loan. Now you have this inquiry on your report that does nothing for you. You don't want to do that, right? Because typically you get an inquiry that's going to drop your four, your score about three or five points for every one. And inquiries also stay on your credit report for two years. Now, granted, after about a year, they hurt a lot less, but nonetheless, you don't want to have a bunch of inquiries on your report for things that you never qualified for because now you're just hurting yourself for no reason. And then you know, there's a lot of people that I see too that that put on the front and pretend like they have it all together to avoid feeling less than, right? So, you know, you'll see people that in their friend groups and they're they're portraying themselves as having it all together and you know, they're going to every event and they're paying for all kinds of stuff and you know they're paying for people's food and like so everyone else thinks they're good, but you know, I think that's a bad situation to be in. Cause me personally, I think that if you if you know that you're not in a good situation financially and the people that you spend your time with make you feel like you have to pretend like you have it all together and keep continue doing, doing the things that have put you in a bad situation to start with, I don't think you're around the right people because for instance, me and my group of friends, like no one has a, a issue saying that, Hey, I can't do this right now because my money's going towards this, or I had to do something with this and I don't have the money for it this month. Everyone's like, oh, cool. We understand that. Let's find something else to where we don't put you in that situation. But people feel comfortable voicing that, right? And if you're going to spend time with people that you call your friends or family, you should be able to feel comfortable stating those things, understanding that no one's going to look at you differently or judge you for it, right? And so if you can't voice the fact that you can't do something because of your current financial situation and you can't tell them like, Hey, this is what I'm doing right now. Or this is what I'm experiencing out of fear of being judged or ridiculed. I'm encourage you to find a new group of people to spend time with because those aren't the people for you. And there's a lot of things that they clearly have to work on as well, but you need to get around some people who are going to help you feel comfortable on your journey to getting where you want to be financially. And, you know, that that's tough too, because we, a lot of people let their fear of being judged stop them from seeking help. But when you're around people like that, of course, you're going to have a fear of being judged and not want to ask for help. Right. Because if the people you're around make you feel like you have, you have to have your life in a certain way. And if you're not, then you're less than, I wouldn't want to ask for help either. Right. So, but also, I want people to stop letting their fear of being judged stop them from seeking help. Like, it's crazy. Every client, I would say, let's just say, if I've had 100 clients, I'd say the conversation with 95 of them has started off with them saying, hey, I don't want you to judge me, right? And for one, 
you shouldn't even feel like you're going to be judged working with me as a financial coach, right? But that's a that's an indicator of a bigger issue is that that's clearly a worry for most people when it comes to their finances is someone judging them and telling, oh, you got this and that, which is not the case, right? We should all be able to be in an environment where we're comfortable saying like, hey, this is where I am. I don't know what to do. I need help, right? And I think that's a terrible thing because there are a lot of people out here that like to judge people, which is terrible, right? I, and I tell people, not even on the, the business side or the financial coaching side, but just in general, even my, my friends, have been, Yo, I, don't, I don't judge anyone because in order for me to judge someone, that would imply that I have some type of perfection that other people don't have. And I'm here, I'm, I'll be the first to say I'm far from perfect. So no matter what it is, who it is and what we're speaking about, always tell people especially if it's something you know sensitive like personal finance or I mean anything else one of the things I'll lead a conversation with is saying you know before we get into this I just wanted you to, to ensure or reassure you that I'm not a judgmental person and I'm not here to judge I'm here to help you see where you are and let's help like I the last thing I want to do is judge you because just like you're in the situation you're in, I could just as easily be in the situation that you're trying to get out of I, the last thing I want to do is judge anyone, right? Because I'm not in a place to. My, I just want to listen, see where you are and see how I can help, right? And even if it's not me that can provide the help because you've been able to explain what you're experiencing and what you're going through, I may have someone just within my network that can help you. And because you were able to feel comfortable voicing these things, now you are, you're, you're getting the resources and the help that you you do need to get where you want to be. So, you know, I tell people stop letting the fear of being judged stop you from seeking help because you're going to have to seek help at some point. And there are a lot of people out here that will not judge you for being where you are. And you just have to be able to really get to know people and get out and talk to people to see how they operate and how they are. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you have the fear of being judged it's typically because you're around people to judge people. So you have, you need to find a new, new group of people to be around. You need to find, you know, other mentors or people that, you know, have your best interests at heart and aren't going to look at you bad for being in a situation that you're in. And that's going to help a lot because it does, it does make me feel bad when, you know, I, I sit down and I speak with people. And the first thing they're worried about is being judged by me. Like, yo, that's the fact that we have to worry about that so much is terrible. Like, why do people, feel like they, they they need to worry about being judged when they're trying to get help to get out of a situation. And then why do people feel like it's okay to judge people for being in a situation that they feel like they're because they're not in, they're better than that person. Like, yo, you that person's no better than you and that you're no better than that person. And that's the way I really think that we need to operate and think um, overall just as a, a people as a country whatever in general like no one's better than anyone and we shouldn't put on that perception that we are and when someone's in a situation where they need help like I wish more people would be you know excited and happy to help people because that's how we all grow like you know there's a lot of people like me I get a lot of satisfaction for knowing that I was in the position or I had the ability to help someone that before you know speaking or talking with me didn't have the ability to get that help before so you know, for those of those of us that may be judgmental or judge people, you know, I encourage you to identify the times that you feel like you are judgmental and work on changing that because no one can help someone when you're, you can't help anyone when you're judgmental, right? And because you're judgmental, 
you're going to push a lot of people away that you could have made an impact on. And, you know, I think for the most part, most people want to help others. But if you're putting on, if you're portraying the image that, you know, you, you judge people for not being in a situation that you deem they should be in, you, there's going to be a time where you find yourself very lonely without people around you. And that's, that's also not a good place to be in. So I encourage people to find people that don't judge them. And I encourage people that do judge people to work on not judging people so that you can, you know, one day be provide a blessing in someone's life as well. And then, you know, another thing that I see is there's a lot of people that feel like they're too old to seek help from others. Um, and this one's kind of double because also they feel like, so we don't get to like age, right? So for instance, like not only do they feel like they're too old to seek help from others, but you know, they might say, oh, this person's younger than me. What can they teach me? And that's, that's a, I don't like that mindset because I don't really think age can be tied to value or knowledge, right? There's, there's people younger than me that experience some things that I never experienced or they're familiar with something that I can seek help with. And I come to them like, Hey, look, I, I don't know, but I see that you do please teach me. Right. And even with money, right. Just because a person is older doesn't mean that their money's right. Right. But then for someone who does understand the inner workers of personal finance and how to do things, you know, because I'm younger than them, they'd be like, Oh no, I don't want to ask them because this young guy can't teach me anything. But I can, but they, they tie, you know, worth or value or, or your ability to, to teach them something to your age, which is when you think about it, doesn't make any sense because if you want to learn how to invest and you're 50 years old, but there's a guy that's 25 that knows everything about investing, why would you not go to him and ask for help? Like just because he's 25, it doesn't matter how old he is. He has the knowledge. You should be humble enough to accept it from him and get it, right? So <clears throat> I for people who think that, you know, you're, you, you tie age to value or age to knowledge, I encourage you to kind of work through that and stop looking at age and just look at more of what a person can offer. Because these days, there's a lot of young people that are way ahead of, of, the rest of society because they're learning things early they're they're diving into things they're 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 more exposed to things because you know they're, they're online and they're on social media and you know like for instance i see i saw a uh an article and a video about a month ago about an 18 year old who got his cdl and you know was working on getting his own trucking company set up if i wanted to get a truck company set up and i came across him i would absolutely seek his advice on how to go about that process it had nothing to do with his age he he did it he has experience he has the the receipts to show for it i don't care how old he is he has the knowledge i'm going to get it from him because he's a person that has it i care i don't care if he was 18 35 or 15 if he knows what's going on i'm gonna talk to him i i watched a video the other day of a 15 year old who is uh well known for trading so trading um stocks and he does and they had a video of him you know going through his process for trading and this dude was phenomenal but there's a lot of people that would be like a 15 year old i'm not listening to him but 
not knowing that this 15 year old is making hundreds of thousands of dollars because he knows what he's doing. You know, if that 15 year old, if I got in the room with him and that was something I needed to know, I'm going to ask him what he's doing. Right. And it has nothing, it, it, but it, I guess that comes with humbling yourself too. Right. So there's a lot of people that have an issue with humbling themselves. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about on this show, humility is extremely important um, for everyone. So <clears throat> I say that to say, when you, when you need information, I encourage you not to look at how old a person is or how they look or where they come from and really just think about what value that person has that they can give to you. And if you feel like it's something that you can use, go for it. Allow them to provide something to you that you may not have been able to get otherwise, you know, stop, stop blocking your own blessings and let it happen. And then, you know, this goes into a lot of other stuff, but you know, a lot of people are prideful. Um, and it goes back into that learning from someone that that's, that's younger than them and things of that nature. So pride is, pride is a, a rough thing, you know, like I, it's, it's a reason J Cole made a song that says, you know, pride is the devil. Cause it is. And a lot of people who are prideful find themselves some places they don't want to be because pride held them back. So if you're a person that, you know, is suffering from pride and like you say, you, you know that you need your finances in a, in a better situation, put your pride to the side and seek help because the pride isn't getting you anywhere. All it's doing is keeping you in the same place. And honestly, probably digging you into a worse place each day that you, you let pride guide your decision-making. So if you are struggling with pride, just start working through it. And from time to time, you know, as you start working, identify times where your pride has come into play and kind of held you back and work to eliminate that. Because once you take pride out of the equation, you're going to start seeing that things start moving for you very differently. So I encourage people to identify moments where, you know, you are prideful. And if you notice that that's a situation that you tend to be prideful in, identify what makes your what makes you want to be prideful in that situation and, and work to eliminate it and then you know kind of the last thing that I'm gonna get into with this today um, and this is this is extremely important is we don't realize that being financially sound and taking care of our finances is investing in ourselves and investing in yourself is one of the best investments you can ever make right so if you're a person that sits down and you, you have your budget set up and you have a, you know, an emergency fund and you have a robust savings and you're putting money where it needs to be and you're, you know, you're paying your credit cards every month and you're managing your credit cards properly and your credit profile is, is, is truly in shape and there's not a blemish anywhere and like you have, you know, your records and for instance, you know, you want to buy a home and you have a folder on your computer that has, you know, your last two years worth of tax returns and you have all your bank statements in order and every account that you have money in, you know, if you have investments accounts, um, all those, all those statements for the month are in there. You're going to realize that all that investing in yourself that you've done is going to continue to bless you farther, farther along and much more than if you didn't have it together. And, you know, the, the concept of investing in yourself, I think is extremely important, right? Because for instance, you know, there's a lot of people that will go out and they'll go on these sites and 
buy a pair of $300 shoes because they think they're cool and they look good and they match their outfit and they walk around in them. But they'll see a $200 course to teach them how to do something that can better their lives. And they see it, they're like, oh, $200, that's way too expensive. Why would I do that? And it's like, well, those shoes are just shoes. But that course that you could have got for $200 or $300 for the same amount of those shoes, a lot of times cheaper than those shoes, will teach you things that can progress your life forward at a, at a rate that it you didn't have the ability to do before, right? Because you've invested that knowledge in yourself. But I really want people to look at that, right? Because there's a lot of people that will spend money on materialistic things that really add no value to their lives. But then when it comes to like, hey, you should buy this book or you should buy this course or, you know, you should go to this conference, you know, oh, no, that money's too much. But they want to go to a concert or to a festival that costs a certain amount of money and like, oh, I'm all for it. Right. And I granted those things have times. And I personally, I love music and I love, you know, um, festivals and concerts and whatnot. But if I have to make a decision, I'm going to choose to invest in myself first, because those investments that I make myself in, in myself in the long run will put me in a position to be able to enjoy those things in a different level than I could have in my current state. So anyone listening to this, I want everyone to really just start focusing on investing in yourself, right? So if they're, if you want to learn how to, how to trade uh, stocks or trade cryptos, buy a course, maybe instead of spending $200 on something that you normally would have, maybe that month you, you buy a course to get you where you want to be. If you want to um, learn how to manage your money or like set up a budget and start getting your finances in order, put that money into a budgeting course, right? Like mine, I have a budgeting course. If you want to do it, buy that, get, get to where you need to be, right? If you, you want to, there's so many different ways that you can, you know, invest in yourself, you know, there's books, there's tons of books on, on topics that people want to know. Um, I buy a few books a month and read those because there's a lot of knowledge that I gain from those that help train me and build different perspectives for myself and all these things. So <clears throat> for those, those of you listening, I want to encourage you to start looking for ways to invest in yourself because when you invest in yourself, it's going to carry you a long way and you're going to be much happier and feel much more fulfilled in life doing those things because the things that you invest, use to invest in yourself will continue to add value to you and others in the long run, right? Because now that you've invested in yourself and you've gained that knowledge and that perspective, not only does it help you, but now you've put yourself in a position to teach that information to others or point them in the direction of that information. Hey, I was I read this book. It was really good. You should get that one. Here's why. Hey, I got this course. I learned this from it. Help me. You should use that. Here's why. And as you do those things, all, now more people are going to start investing in themselves and they're going to see the importance of doing those. So now you have groups of people that maybe instead of buying materialistic things all the time that they're blowing money on it doesn't matter um now they're in a position where they're buying things that will help them with things that really matter in their lives right like <clears throat> for instance if you pay two hundred dollars for a, let's say let's say a budgeting course right let's say buy my budgeting course people are like, oh it's two hundred dollars not realizing that hey that two hundred dollars right there is something but you implement the things that you learn there not only do you save that money now? Like you've made that money back just through having, gaining the ability to learn how to save money and manage your money properly. But also 
you have a you learn how to put systems in place to get yourself out of debt. And now because you've done that in eight months, you're debt free and you freed up, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars a month, maybe off of debts that you wouldn't have done so before. So now throughout that two hundred dollar investment in yourself, you've saved yourself thousands of dollars. Like I really encourage people to think of things that way because that's how I think about it. And that's how, you know, me and my friend groups think about it. It's like, hey, if I do this, here's how this can affect me over this time period or over this timeline. And these are the things I'm going to be able to do now because I've made this investment in myself. So um, I really want people to start looking for ways to invest in yourself and see how that can help you along, uh, along the way. All right. So, you know, wrapping up this show today, I want to thank everyone for listening. And as always, you know, I want to tell everybody I do have a budgeting course. So if you want to check it out, go to my website, www.endthesmoker.com. You can see the courses tab. It's on there. Um, once again, the book back there, The In The Smoker Mindset. That's my book. You can find that on Amazon. You know, the book details the mindset that holds people back from being financially free. And it talks about a mindset that you can adopt in order to become financially free. So check that out. And then for anyone, you know, if you do have questions, be it credit or, you know, about how to start in your financial journey, you know, on my website, you can find my number, uh, give me a call, or you can go on there and we can schedule a consultation to just kind of have a conversation about where you are, the things you're experiencing and what we think you should do moving forward to get you where you want to be. Um, you know, you guys can follow me on my Instagram at, at in the smoker. Um, you can go to my Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Uh, my business page is also at in the smoker. I have a TikTok. I'm uh, currently learning how to, how to use that properly, but my TikTok is also at in the smoker as well. And then, um, you know, for those of you tuning in, you know, this show is on YouTube. Uh, it'll be on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, as well as Google Podcasts. So, you can catch all these things on here. Uh, I look forward to, you know, continuing to have these conversations and share these, these thoughts and things with people. Cause I do at the end of the day, think that personal finance is extremely important. And, you know, I've, I realized that a lot of people in life feel unfulfilled later on because their personal finances have stopped them from being able to reach goals or do things that they want to do. So if we can make an effort as a unit to make personal finance more important, we're going to see a lot of great things start happening overall. So, you know, and if you hear something that you like on these, please, you know, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on whatever listening platform you're listening to, please, you know, like, comment, subscribe, um, feel free to, if you listen to something and it's something you really like or that you heard, you know, shoot me a message on Instagram. You know, I'm, I'm pretty quick to responding to people. Um, and I love, you know, having conversations and hearing how maybe, a thought concept that I shared with others, you know, affected them and that they really liked uh, and whatnot. So if there's something that you like, you know, let's have a conversation. If you want to have a conversation about it, you know, shoot me a message on, on uh, Instagram and my uh, DMS and we can, we'll probably discuss about how you feel or how it made you feel or what you thought. And then also if there's topics that you want to hear or something that I haven't covered, please send it to me. Um, let me know. And I can, you know, put those things together and, and talk about it in the show and or I can find, you know, an expert in a field or someone that had an experience that you want me to discuss. And, you know, I can get them as a guest on the show and we can talk about the things that they've done, the things that they know in their knowledge field 
to provide that information to you and others. You know, I definitely, I, everything I'm doing, I like it to be interactive and I want to be able to, you know, have conversations with people and share these thoughts back and forth and see how different people think about different, you know, topics and, and processes. So uh, I want to thank you all for continuing to listen and support me um, and the company and the show. Um, and, you know, as I always say, let's get in the smoker. Y'all have a great day. Be blessed, be safe. And, you know, uh, start implementing some of these things that we're talking about. I look forward to hearing you guys' wins. And for those of you who do start taking your finances seriously and say you become debt-free or you even, you know, your small wins, if you have small wins, you know, share them with me. I love to take your small wins and share them to my network and, you know, post them on my story. So, you know, hey, if you paid off a credit card that you wouldn't necessarily paid off before, send that to me. Hey, I became, I paid off a credit card today. Let me know. I'll post that on my, on my story and let the world know that, Hey, you did that because those things should be celebrated. Those are the things that we should be talking about too. You know, not just, Hey, I'm having a party here. I did that. I want to be able to highlight people for doing things like this, because these are important. And every, these are the things that get overlooked. So the, I want to <laughs> encourage people to do these things. And this is the way to do it. And, you know, I, as this community continues to grow and the end of smoker family continues to grow, I'm excited to see the things that people start doing as they start, you know, taking their finances more seriously, but, um, that's all I got for you guys today. So take care.